0: And hello. Hello. I'm Randy. And I'm Claire. And you're
1: listening to Killer Vibes, a true crime podcast. podcast. We're here to talk about some murder mm-hmm. and some true crime. That's why you're all here. That's why we're here. Let's do that. So, Randy doesn't know this case. I haven't told her what it is yet. She may know it, but I haven't told her what it is. So, today, we'll be talking about the Corpsewood Manor murders. No clue. Yes. Oh, my gosh. I know. Okay. Um This one is pretty interesting. And uh, quick story time. I forgot that I had researched part of this case for, like, the first season oh, of really? this podcast. Yes. And I forgot that I had done that. And I had actually, like, looked up a couple different books about this case there's one in particular that I stuck to during all of this, so I'll definitely put the name of that down in the description if anybody likes reading books about murder. It's actually really short. It's only 106 pages. What's it called? Really dog? quick. The same thing, The Corpsewood Manor Murders. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's by Amy Petula. So I will be referencing her a couple times throughout this, so I just wanted to let everybody know that that was her name. And if I mention Amy Petula, I'm talking about the author of the book about this murder. Okay. Okay. So let's go. Okay. Okay. So in North Georgia, there is a tiny Georgia. town. Yeah, Georgia. We're going down there. Um, there's a tiny town called Tryon. It is puny. Is it by Osceola? No. Oh. It is in between Rome, Georgia, and the border to Tennessee. Okay. So it's really puny. It's next to the National Forest. In Georgia. I don't know. Just the national forest. (laughs) The (laughs) Um, Great Smoky Mountains, maybe? That sounds right. That's probably right. Um, But yeah, so it's just a small little town, and it's inside the county of um, Chattanooga, which is famous for about two things Uh, the Paradise Garden, which was created by Howard Finster, and then murder. So, cool. really great. Those are the two, paradise and murder. It's great. So, this part of the state is actually well known for horrific crimes, ranging not just from murder, but sexual assault, rape, um, you know, assault and battery, just a lot of bad things happen in Chattanooga County. Bad vibes. Just, n- exactly. Killer, Killer vibes, vibes, one might say. Some- <laughs> so, Chattanooga is sort of a relic of its former self The town hadn't changed much since its origin, and according to Amy Petula, mention number one, (laughs) uh, I quote, were you to travel from the present to 1982, you might well not realize you made the trip. Mm -hmm. So it's just kind of like this stationary town, nothing much is happening. The other aspect about Chattanooga County is that its residents were mostly Christian people. So this just sounds like my hometown. I know. It sounds like most southern towns <laughs> in existence. But that'll be really important for when we talk about the people who are involved in this case. Um so there's also strangely a large amount of artists that live down in Chattanooga, so they make a lot of like folk style art, which is kind of why um that folk artist I had mentioned before, Howard Finster lived down there. And the other famous thing about it, like I said, there's only two, The Murder and then Paradise uh, Garden, which is kind of like, I don't know, like, you know, you'd walk into those one, one of those stores in like a mountain town and they'd be selling painted rocks for like $5 when really you could just go outside and get a rock for free mm-hmm. and then paint it. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like that everywhere. Gotcha. (laughs) Like pottery. Yeah, yeah. And like, you know, found objects Mm -hmm. that they spray paint, stuff like that. So like cars that are gutted out and like flowers are popping out of it. Stuff like like that. Like wind chimes. Yes, (laughs) exactly. So out of all the weird things to happen in Chattanooga, uh, the weirdest and most terrifying is the double homicide of Dr. Charles Scudder and Joe Odom in 1982 at Corpsewood Manor.
0: Dun, 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 That
1: just sounds like somewhere you would get murdered. <laughs> I know, right? And this story is pretty wild, and everything I'm telling you is completely true. Like, everything. So the, when I first read it, I did not believe all of it, and I thought it was made up, but I didn't know it's real. Okay, so in 1976, Dr. Charles Scudder was a pharmacology professor at Loyola College in Chicago. He was from a wealthy family, and his students really liked him. He was this really unique guy, sort of spontaneous, never really stuck on one thing, and he just made for a cool professor. Mm -hmm. Um, He was from Wisconsin originally and had been married several times. Uh, He and his second wife, whose name is really interesting, um, it's Bortai Bunting, and her father is actually a famous poet in Britain. I forgot his first name, but his Why last name is Bunting. Why is she living Bunting. there? Girl, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea, but she is, and she's don't married. Go live in England. I know, right? England is cool. <laughs> um, so they had three kids, and their kids' names—oh, no, four kids, sorry—and um, their kids' names are funny. Okay. Yeah. Tell me. So Saul, Fenris, Sorrow, Gideon, and Ahab— Oh. Are their children's names. Oh my gosh.
0: That sounds like the names that like weird Fort Collins mom like make up for their <laughs> to try and
1: be unique. Yeah. <laughs> so those are their kids. Um and when his marriage started to fall apart again because Charles, like I said before, is a little spontaneous. Mm-hmm. Doesn't he zips around. He's kind of an odd guy, but really nice. Um He decided to move to Chicago. So they were based in Wisconsin. That's where they lived. And then he moved to Chicago um, after the marriage. Started to kind of like... I don't know. He just wasn't a very solid guy. Like he... Didn't want to stay in one place constantly. He just hadn't a free found. Spirit. Exactly. He hadn't found his perfect he spot yet. will later become an actual spirit. <laughs> we'll get to that <laughs> later. <laughs> there are some hauntings involved in this. Well, if you're going to die at that I place, know. you're going to become uh, a ghost. Yeah, at a manor. Okay, if you die at a mansion or a manor or, or like a, in... a, a palace or a castle, yeah. you will haunt the place you die. That's and just going to happen. you will never. You'll never leave. You'll never see any rest. So ultimately, don't die in a manner if you, if you can, can avoid, avoid it. Oh, jinx! <gasps> Yo, we're the, on the same wavelength. Okay, so um, he received his PhD when he moved to Chicago and he began to teach. And this guy cruised through life. Like I said, his parents were really rich, and he kind of grew up as a privileged kid. He was this, you know, Caucasian guy went to pharmacy school, and um, he was a socialite you know he's just like a really popular guy didn't really have to work very hard and he lived in a mansion at, on the west side of chicago like that's where he lived just because <laughs> <laughs> so nuts and um interestingly enough as i have mentioned before charles was a little bit different and when he was in chicago he became a member of the church of satan ooh fun <laughs> yeah so and um this guy was a certified member Satanism was really taking hold in the 70s. Yes, absolutely. Um, And, you know, there's proof to that. There's proof in the pudding because obviously... (laughs) Thank you, I know. I am really good with the colloquialisms. (laughs) Um, But yeah, this was called like the satanic panic in the 70s. And so a lot of people were saying that they were just atheists who like were under the cover of Satanism, but they really didn't believe in anything. Charles was a Satanist. Like, he believed fully in all of this. And um, the decor of his mansion kind of pointed that fact out.
0: Yeah, the leader or the guy who wrote the Satanic Bible, so to say, came about in the 60s. Yes. So he's mm-hmm. actually on the cover of the Hotel California album that's of the so Eagles. That's so funny. I he's didn't like know that. He's like hidden in, because you know how there's like a bunch of stuff on that cover? Yeah. It's kind of like a Where's Waldo. He's in there.
1: Oh, yo, that's so weird. I didn't know that. That's kind of cool. <laughs> Fun fact. I today. don't know his name, but he has but, one. But you know, he founded it. Um, Yeah. So in addition to, you know, being a member of the Church of Satan, he actually the reason he decided to teach was because he wanted to spite his family and not get his Ph.D. in and become a doctor and become a medical doctor. So he opted to get his Ph.D., but then he decided to become a full time professor instead of a practicing doctor. So due to this position at the school, Charles, Charles actually had. Um, the ability to work with the government and he actually did government funded research and experiments with psychoactive drugs including shrooms no LSD yes <laughs> so we're talking government grade LSD the conspiracies are real he absolutely did testing they're with so real people. oh yeah it, they don't even try to hide it no. anymore like it's that's what happened um, so it was in Chicago that Charles met Joey Odom So, Joey was like the complete opposite of the person I just described. He grew up poor, with his father making about $880 a year. And then his mom had a supplemental income of being a preschool teacher, but it didn't really help My eyeballs just so big that it kind of hurt. Yeah. So, they literally lived on next to nothing. Um, Joey grew up Catholic, but he was not devoted to the religion, obviously. Um, He got involved in crime at an early age and ended up in prison for some time, which actually ended up being a good thing for Joey. Um, It was in prison that he sort of learned how to cook food. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So he became a really awesome chef. And the thing that sort of like cemented him as this really cool off the grid chef was he used non-traditional styles of cooking. So he didn't use modern conveniences. He stuck to like basic like cast iron for everything. It sounds like Kaylin. Kaylin. <laughs> my boyfriend
0: has a weird obsession cast with cast it's iron. It's so skillets.
1: funny. He got so mad at me when I told him I threw out my cast iron after it had rotted. Yeah, like he and literally. Sometimes
0: got mad. I use soap to clean them, and he, I'm pretty sure, <laughs> considers up breaking
1: up with me every oh, time. Oh my god, that's so funny. But yeah. So anyway, um, it was kind of his oddball way of cooking that. Charles was first introduced to and that's how the relationship sort of started. I'm not actually sure when they officially met. It was after Joey had gotten out of prison. I'm not really sure what um, crime he had committed. I didn't see any information about why he was in jail. I'm sure it was like petty crime and he also did some drug shuffling so it might have been that. Um, And he worked in a restaurant after he got out, and that's kind of how they met. Charles ate some of his food and was just flabbergasted by all of this. And he was like, he um, wrote an article in a journal um, called Mother Earth News, and he sort of praised Joey for his abilities. It was really cutesy, kind of like flirtatious. Mm. I know. (laughs) <laughs> Charles. So Charles was so impressed that he actually offered to let Joey come and live in his mansion as a personal chef, errand boy, and companion. Errand <laughs> boy. I know. That, wing sounds, wing. A, that sounds a little, <laughs> little weird. <laughs> a little perverse, not going to lie. Um, I just thought of a pun. Tell me your pun. Okay.
0: <laughs> if you think it's lame, we'll cut it out. Okay. <laughs> okay. I was going to be like... So that's where Hell's Kitchen comes from. <laughs> oh, my God. We're keeping that. <laughs> what? I thought that yeah. thought like 30 seconds ago, and then I got
1: embarrassed to say it. <laughs> that's clever. Yeah. Good job. Okay. Good pun. Go on. Okay. So it's sort of like an offer you can't refuse. Cause yeah, because you're so lives poor. in a mansion, and it's like, come live with me in my mansion. I'll even pay you, and you can just be my friend. Do you have, like, a thing for mansion murders? How many mansions murders have I done? The Black Dahlia. Oh, yeah. That has a mansion in it. Obviously, Daria has a mansion in it.
0: Two mansions. Do you just want a mansion and then want to murder someone Basically,
1: what I'm saying is the only reason I'm doing this is so that people know that I want a mansion and will give me one. Put it out there, yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. So It's um, the law of attraction. Hi. I'm I'm Claire. I'm looking for a mansion (laughs) to live in. (laughs) Let me know. Okay. You would be <laughs> terrible. You can't even live alone in no, your one can't. bedroom. No, I When she's home alone, she, like, calls me. Yes. Because she hears sound. Okay, you would not survive I in a mansion. I would not survive in a mansion. I live in, like, two rooms of the mansion, and then I wouldn't <laughs> go anywhere else. That would be it. Whatever. I can live in, like, a studio apartment and be satisfied. But anyway, so... Obviously, the fact that Charles was now living with this servant <laughs> is basically the best way to put it, um, kind of enraged his wife. They were still married at the time, and they would eventually get a divorce, um, and she just like obviously got pissed about it. And um, Charles even tried to disinherit his own children in his will in favor of Joey. <laughs> So it's like Joey is a pet almost instead yeah, it's just really odd. Their relationship is very interesting. We'll dive into that a little bit later. um, but ultimately, Charles just didn't want anything to do with his family. He was so tied up in his relationship with Joey and his friendship with Joey. so Charles and Joey to the normal outsider were just employer and employee. no one knew. Charles, no one who knew Charles thought that he may be homosexual or even that he was bisexual. Although in the 70s, the term bisexual wasn't necessarily on anyone's radar unless you actually were a bisexual person. Mm-hmm. Um, So he kind of stayed in the closet for the entirety of his life in Chicago. And he tried really hard to avoid showing signs of his homosexuality despite the fact that he had a live-in male servant. I mean, (laughs) Um, it's the 70s, so, like... Right. Everybody was just kind of free-spiriting it a lot.
0: But everyone was, like, not about it, too.
1: (laughs) Exactly. Like, it's
0: kind of funny that he's, like, chill with putting it out (laughs) there that he's a Satanist, but he's afraid (laughs) to say he's homosexual. Like, like, that
1: is a sign of that awful time. Absolutely. And, like I said, Charles had been married at least twice. I'm pretty sure it was just the two times. Um... But yeah, so he had had relationships with women before. So nobody really respected it, uh, expected it, sorry, Um, despite the fact that he was super flamboyant and like all over the place, like I've mentioned. So um, he was so ridiculous that he even had a pink gargoyle on his house that would spit water at people. (gasps) Yeah. (laughs) That's awesome. Satanism.
0: (laughs) Pink I want gargoyles. one of those. I know. Is it like motion activated?
1: I, I think like so. Like if you walk by it, it <laughs> spits on like, you? Maybe. I don't know. Or maybe it had like a little timer on it or something. Um, but yeah. So clearly Charles was not meant for the lifestyle in Chicago. Chicago's kind of stuffy. It's up east. Kind of. <laughs> Middle East. Not, not Middle East. Mid-eastern. Mid-eastern. Thank you. Um... And eventually he started to get tired which of Which they life. call the Midwest for yes, some reason. Which is not correct. If someone understands that, tell me. <laughs> yes, I'd love to know. That's really... Sorry to interrupt you. Anyway, <laughs> geography, friends. Okay, so Charles kind of gets tired of this lifestyle in Chicago. He felt that the students he was teaching didn't actually care about learning. And he also hated the overall society that surrounded higher education, which I kind of understand. Here at Colorado State, it's a little bit different. We have a really good learning environment here. At least that's what I've experienced so far. But there are schools up east that are kind of a little bit more stuffier. I'm looking at you, Harvard, (laughs) Yale, places like that. Just like more older institutions. Yeah. And Loyola, I would probably lump in to that um, yeah, we group. looked at Harvard
0: a couple weeks ago, and a yeah. Harvard professor, I'm not going to tell you who it is, told <laughs> us not to go there.
1: <laughs> yeah, literally. <laughs> he told us straight up. He was like, you don't need to go here. Yeah. <laughs> it is too expensive. For nothing. Yeah. yeah. So it's just, you know, for the same education we could get elsewhere, right. is basically what he was saying. Um. So after the death of Joey's father, which actually happened at the hands of a mugger, so he actually was murdered as well. Um and then the death of Charles's mother natural causes they both kind of decided that it was time to move on. Charles um didn't have any more living relatives besides his children his <laughs> four yeah, children his four kids that he like basically abandoned and Joey literally didn't really have any living relatives um except for I think an estranged sister. And they decided that they just wanted to get out of the city, live somewhere that was a little bit different, kind of off the beaten path. And they wanted to be isolated because they felt the pressure of being in a wealthy neighborhood surrounded by people. Chicago's a busy place, it's a packed city, eyes are constantly on you. And they lived a very alternative lifestyle. And I'm pretty sure the fact that they were members of the Church of Satan just sort of like helps you understand the fact that they I would lived in Alternative. Georgia might lifestyle. be a more fitting place. Maybe, yeah. And Georgia has a lot of space. Right, the not, South has yeah. space. That's the big deal. I'm not saying it would be
0: fitting for in the terms Satan of I, reason because yeah. that makes it less fitting. But yeah. just like no one's
1: gonna pay attention to you as much. Exactly, and Southern hospitality means that like people may not like you, so they'll just kind of curtly avoid you, and they'll say this, "Bless your heart." Exactly, they when they just... mean you're insane. <laughs> yes. But they won't actually tell you you're insane, so it's kind of a nice payoff. Yeah. Um, the ideologies of Georgia and the Christian sort of like cloud that exists over that state um, didn't necessarily fit in with everything. But like I said, they wanted space, and the South is a perfect place to find space. Yeah. So, um,
0: that's kind of funny, though.
1: Yeah. It's- but I get, like, I see the reasoning, too. Oh, yeah. There's definitely an appeal there. Yeah. Um, And they also wanted to go somewhere that was surrounded by forest. They were, like, into mm-hmm. nature. They wanted to go somewhere literally completely opposite of the place that they had been living. Um, They also had two massive Mastiff dogs. <laughs> so they needed more space. Yeah. So that just added to the fact and their dog's names were Beelzebub and Arsenath. Okay, is he just making up names for anything that he has the, Well, has Beelzebub to name? is actually the name of a demon. <laughs> so <laughs> Um and then Arsenath is actually a character that was in an H.P. Lovecraft novel and he's a famous horror story writer and Um, in the source that I was working with, um, um, Amy Petula, uh, mentioned a few times that H.P. Lovecraft was sort of like a foundation for a lot of Satanist idealisms because he was a horror novelist. Yes. (laughs) So he talks a lot about demonology and all this crazy stuff. So they needed space for their ginormous dogs and to practice Satanism in peace, (laughs) You need some space for that. You do. You need some space. You need, like, enough room for an altar, like an outdoor ring, maybe. A couple more gargoyles. Right, right, right. Um, You know, just basically a Renaissance castle. Yeah. You need space for that. Of course. And Chicago does not provide that space. I think so. I support
0: (laughs) their decision to move.
1: Right. So they searched for actually a few months until they actually... Heard back from a seller in Chattanooga County. Um, there was 40 acres of land up for grabs um, in the National Forest, and I'm pretty sure it's the Smoky Mountains one.
0: Well, that's, I know that's in Tennessee, so I don't... Yeah, so... I'm the, assuming maybe it's the same Yes, I'm assuming that as well. Some I, form of Appalachian Mountains? Yes. Or Appalachia Mountains? Yes, something like that. I don't know how to pronounce that. I can... Hold on. I can
1: find it somewhere
0: in here. I think it'd be really funny while you're looking for that to have a dog named after a demon that's just like precious and sweet and like smiling. Yes. Isn't that funny? Like you get home and the dog like runs up to you but it's named after a demon. A demon. Yeah. Um it would be that's just funny.
1: It's just like oh Beelzebub, what are you doing? Like I get kind down. of want to name an animal that just cuz that's hilarious. Um so it was in Somerville. Um, so the town is Tehran, as I had mentioned before, and then the actual Corpsewood Manor is in Somerville, which is a couple miles off, because it's isolated in a forest. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, so, yeah. And the location on here is just, like, a green dot. (laughs) (laughs) It is a forest, though, with trees. Yes, yes.
0: Uh, It doesn't matter what it's called. We love all forests.
1: Yeah. So basically, this is just a section of forest outside of Chattanooga (laughs) and Rome, Georgia. It looks about like maybe 20 miles from Atlanta. So there you go. In Somerville. That's where the mansion is at. So um, the 40 acres was literally only about 10,000 bucks. So obviously, they snatched that right up. Uh, I would do the same. Yeah, absolutely. And with that, we're going to end part one of the Corpsewood Manor murders. Yeah, so if you want to hear more about this crazy adventure of the two Satanists that will end ultimately in their murder. (laughs) I
0: love that you chose... As, like, the most Catholic
1: <laughs> person I know to cover Satanists. Thank you. I just thought it'd be a twist. <laughs> like, throw a curveball they'll never suspect. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, tune in to episode two to learn a little bit more. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.